Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. You're listening to DraftKings Network. All right, it is that time of week we are going to get to the Golic NFL acrostic preview, uh, often imitated. Actually, I don't think it's ever been imitated, but it will no. never be duplicated either no. because of the crack team that we have around here that provides you not only with an NFL preview that is wedged into our namesake, but also poetry that will be read by our very own Jesse Cofield here coming up in just a second as we recover from the shock and awe of Prince Williams being named the sexiest bald man in the world by some publication. We're trying to effort really any better alternative for this process that's clearly flawed if that's the result that it's producing dad's over here judging from his high castle with his full luscious head of hair watching all of this proceed dad. I don't want to see those disgusted head shakes from you. Well, no, no, no. Listen, when Jesse mentioned him, and I forgot about him now, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, which is a great movie, Shamar Moore is in that. That dude, Jesse, you're right. He is wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gojo's actually the one that remembered him. And then I was just like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, I can't believe we haven't been giving him what he deserves, which is that. You're right. But he is by a mile the number one hottest bald dude it's not even a competition it's like him drop off for 10 years keep going down just just so much time going by and then whoever's next they had michael jordan ahead of shamar moore on this list Mm -mm. no they had jeff bezos in front of shamar moore on this list for anyone that wasn't with us in the last segment it's indie100.com it was a publication called reboot that did a formula to find the sexiest bald man alive according to google searches things like net worth height shirtless or naked searches of you on google the golden ratio vocal attractiveness and the head shine factor all went into this and somehow netted jeffrey bezos ahead of shamar moore so you heard his laugh after he got off of his blue origin spacecraft the like it's scary laugh that's vocal attractiveness who's naked searching jeff bezos it's because you know why it's because everybody talked about how he like got divorced and got jacked so i bet people just wanted to see what that meant i hope that's the reason why that's happening because the alternatives are more than my brain can handle so i'm going to move away from that at gojo and golik on twitter if you can find a better looking bald man than shamar Moore, please 
present it to us and we will wait with arms wide open we will get to the Golic acrostic for week 11 after this word from wrangler guys we are brought to you by wrangler here as you know it gojo and Golic. they've been with us since the jump this fall support the people that support us and do it with great jean shirts and jackets that are made for the ride of life you can be ready for cool days longer nights and styles that'll keep you warm and comfortable moving and looking great no matter where you are you can wear wrangler jeans literally anywhere and i mean that at work out at night playing pickup games with your friends or at home watching games on tv they're that comfortable that durable and wrangler shirts for all occasions casualties snaps or button-ups you can layer them together get the best of both worlds and don't forget about the iconic wrangler jackets i know you wouldn't but just in case i'm reminding you because the weather's starting to get a little chilly we got that fall bite it's giving way to winter here and so when you venture out wrangler is going to keep you ready for anything add some wrangler to your get up jean shirts and jackets that look great fit great and move great so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you save 15 percent on your first wrangler.com order when you use promo code gojo 15 wrangler for the ride of life jesse it is that time the golic acrostic for the nfl week 11 preview take it away here we go g is for deciding which dog will have its day o is for schools where murray and stroud used to play l is what the browns will try to avoid without deshaun i is for a game where one team's playoff hopes will be gone c is for justin fields trying to win his job back his job Now let's see if we can do a whole segment without talking about Josh Dobbs. Oh, Slates, you've done it again. Wow. Producer Slates chefing up an absolutely incredible week 11 acrostic. So, guys, let's start with G. It's for dogs, okay? So, three teams underdogs by 10 plus points this week. Do any of them have a shot to win? What do we think? Yeah, shout out it's to Slates, easy, by the right? way, cooking each and yeah. every week mm. on this poetry yeah. here. The man is absolutely gifted. And, Dad, these are not the kind of dogs Shohei Atani was high-fiving. Instead, we got three nope. dogs over 10 points in the NFL this weekend. The Panthers against the Dallas Cowboys, 10.5-point dogs. The Raiders, 13.5, almost a two-touchdown underdog on the road against Miami. And the Buccaneers, a 12-point dog on the road against San Francisco any of them who would you say has the best shot of pulling this off well if i have to pick one i'm picking the raiders uh and they're they're the biggest dog out of this as you mentioned at 13 and a half i just don't see the panthers pulling it off at home against dallas and then tampa bay traveling all the way to san francisco san fran seems to have hit their traction last week i uh the raiders are still living off that emotion they're playing better uh josh jacobs is getting 10 11 more carries per game in these last two games than he did before that you still have Devonte adams uh you have max crosby so while do i think it's going to happen no but miami has struggled against teams that are 500 and oh by the way the Raiders are 500 at sitting at five and five. Uh, I, I do think, I do think Miami is a, the better team here. But if you're asking me who has the chance to win, uh, I, I do think it would be the Raiders. A heavy, heavy dose of Josh Jacobs get that defense to go off and move two off his off his uh, post a little bit. Uh, that's what Max Crosby does so well. And but un- unfortunately, the wild card is Aiden O'Connor. While you have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. You just have a young quarterback who's still kind of getting used to the position. But I will say the Raiders for this answer. I love the idea of the Dolphins getting ready for a team coming up and mentioning, oh, they struggle with a 500 team just quaking in their boots. They see the Raiders on their schedule going, yeah. oh, we don't know if they're going to be good this week. We don't know if they're going to be bad this week. How do we even process all of this with this team that's been so remarkably average 
across the board. But it is the wild card factor because in all seriousness with that, trying to analyze the Raiders right now post-Josh McDaniels firing is the difficult calculus. And for a team getting ready for that, it is a quarterback you know comparatively less about than Jimmy Garoppolo when he was under center. You still understand the other stars on that roster, and I'm sure have a ton of respect for Josh Jacobs, especially since he came online a lot last week. Michael Mayer's got more involved in the picture for the Raiders, and obviously Devontae Adams on his best day has had claimed to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. The reason I'd agree with you too, Dad, is is on the other side for the Dolphins. When have we seen the Dolphins struggle? When you're able to affect Tua, like you said, and that starts up front, and the Dolphins again limping into this game on the offensive line. Robert Hunt and Robert Jones, their offensive guards, both week-to-week with injuries right now. And so if they don't go, Liam Eikenberg's going to be playing another... So he switched over. Yep. He had played left guard before. He switched over to right guard now in practice this week. He'll have played all five positions for the Miami Dolphins offensive line, which is great for Liam and career longevity. Yeah. We love that for the former Notre Dame guy, and I believe their former third round pick out of South Bend he's done a great job in finding ways to affect the game on the field but dad for the Dolphins get another potential offensive line combination not what you're looking for because that foundation for this team while you got Teron Armstead back has been the place against upper level competition like the Bills like the Eagles where you've been able to affect them Max Crosby's sort of been a one-man wrecking crew in that regard so while the rest of the Raiders D-line doesn't really match that energy you do worry about what Max Crosby alone can do in this considering he's fourth in the NFL in sacks and second in tackles for loss. He does the game wrecker stuff. Yeah, he does. I mean, so Miami has to, if you're going to block him one-on-one occasionally, then the other side is if you block him with somebody else, do you leave them into double team? Do you, is that person then the outlet, whether it's a tight end or a running back, chip it on him, then they're the outlet, you know, the last person uh, that two is going to look at. So that's what Max Crosby does. Again, I don't see it happening, but of the three presented to us, they're the ones that I think could pull it off. Yep, yeah, they're the only ones that really have a shot, I, I believe, there as well. Devon Achan, by the way, could be back this week for Miami, which would be a huge boost and maybe yep. help offset that. They're a great rookie running back. The rest of these teams, uh, the Panthers, I just hope Bryce Young gets out of there alive against that Cowboys yes. defense. That has been oh. one of the worst pass-protecting offensive lines in the NFL. And we saw how it went for Tommy DeVito last week, and I just want them to protect Bryce Young at all costs. He's already had enough hell this year. Speaking of short quarterbacks and a quarterback from the same draft class as Bryce Young, uh, Jesse, did we hear we've got a matchup of I won't say short King CJ Stroud's of, of normal height but Kyler Murray announced his presence with authority returning back to the NFL last week and had some nice things to say about his counterpart yeah they're gonna be facing off for the first time here in week 11 and let me tell you Kyler Murray and Cardinals are not treating CJ Stroud like he's a rookie I love it um you know uh to see what he's doing man it's um I like I said I love it you know it's uh for a for a fellow African American quarterback to be doing what he's doing at this level, you know, especially in his rookie year, uh, it's impressive. Uh, but it's just you know you love you love the game if you really love the art and you know the detail of the position. Uh, he's playing it the right way. Uh, he's obviously leading those guys. Um, they believe in him. They trust in him. So um, he's I'm, I'm proud of him. I mean, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm excited to see his uh, his career. Gonna be interesting. That's yeah, like that the was most so I've nice. ever heard Kyler Murray talk. He really went yeah. off. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh my god, I didn't know you could say those kind of things. And Dad, you know what, Kyler Murray 
feels like a guy who's all of a sudden got some confidence back. It had to be incredible for him last week in that game. 249 yards and 33 rushing yards in their win over the Falcons. But, Dad, just the way it looked for Kyler in that game last week, saw some of the high-level scramble stuff. He still looked as twitchy and athletic as ever coming off that ACL. And you know this, the mental hurdle for a player to clear at the end can so many times be the hardest part. And it looked like he strided over that thing with ease. Yeah, I mean, because at practice, you're rarely going 100%. And as Mike said, the mental side of an injury, you can be told by a doctor that you're ready to go and your injury is healed 100%. But then to get out there and, and test it at full speed, and there is no full speed like game day full speed when you're you know, running for your life when somebody's after you. And he did look like the Kyler Murray of, of old moving around and running, which is part of his game. Now, whether he's going to be there or not next year, We'll wait and see. But as far as this game, I guess I would ask this too, Mike. I, I, I don't think Arizona can beat, uh, will beat Houston. But, I mean, let's be honest. Houston is surprising us all. If they were to lose this game, would we come in here Monday on the show and say, wow, that's one of the biggest shockers of all time? I mean, they're, they're still a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback. They are, what, what, what are they sitting at, 500 now or one, one better than 500 right in that area there? So, I mean, would it shock us if they get, you know, when they get knocked off more this year? We're not, we're not putting them up in the top, you know, the top part of the AFC where you trust them with consistency at this point. They've been an incredible surprise. But to me, now I think they win this game. I think they're better than Arizona. But I'm not going to be overly amazed if they lose this game. I would be somewhat amazed at this point. They're 5-4 and four right now, so they're one game over 500. And with the injury to Joe Burrow now, we talk about the AFC playoff picture. This is a team that still has a chance to walk down the Jags in their division in the AFC South. And if they play their cards right, could be a wild card team. So I would be a little bit stunned in this game, Dad. I think that it's a great opportunity in this game for the Texans whose running offense had been nowhere for the majority of the season, came alive last week in a big way against the Bengals, and the only team who gives up more rushing first downs in the NFL than the Cincinnati Bengals, the Arizona Cardinals. So it's a great chance for them to keep that rolling with a quarterback and a team that have been one of the best stories in football. And also on the other side, though, the Texans are one of the worst against the pass. So is this a game where Kyler Murray, you know, gets going throwing the ball? you know, for Arizona to have a chance. We'll have to wait and see. I'm with you. I think Houston's a better team uh, and will win this game, but I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened if they don't. I'm more interested to see this continued revitalization of Kyler Murray and if he can play his way back into that job. But let's get to the L, Jesse, as the Browns have a daunting task ahead of them. Yeah, they're headed into that Week 11 matchup with the Steelers without Deshaun Watson, obviously, after that season-ending injury. And so... Kevin Stefanski talked about kind of like how the team is feeling as they head into the rest of their season without their franchise QB. We're excited about our opportunity this week. Uh, got the six and three Steelers coming to town, you know, six and three Browns down there on the lake. So uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, and that's where our focus is. We're, we're focusing on going one and zero this week, uh, any, any which way we can. And, and that's the exciting part about uh, life in the NFL. I, I just know, we, we've talked about as a team, again, with, with the NFL season, there are ups and downs, there are wins and losses, you lose guys due to injury, people step up, but we don't, we as a team, don't ride an emotional roller coaster. It, it does us no good. We, uh, we focus on the task at hand. I mean, obviously coach speak, like you got to do what you got to do. Also, 
Guys, I did see on Twitter that somebody spotted Joe Flacco on a plane headed to Cleveland. So he's reportedly one of the names that they're working out. Wow. Hey, man, you got to find a way because the rest of this team is ready for it there. And while Joe Flacco is a statue at this point behind an offensive line that's down, it's both its starting tackles. I guess at this point, Dad, depending on how the rookie DTR looks tonight, and I think this weekend, very interesting opportunity to use him as a rusher against a defense that gave up 198 yards to the Browns the last time they played. I know Nick Chubb doesn't live here anymore. Jerome Ford's taken over. But I think the middle of the Steelers' defense has been so decimated by injury at linebacker the last couple weeks. The Browns absolutely have a shot at still winning this game and taking out the Steelers. The only thing I bet on this one is the under because Kenny Pickett and this Steelers offense, again, accomplished this Herculean feat of not getting outgained in every game so far and having a winning record. I can't trust them to score points in this Browns offense is led by a rookie that's still going against a Mike Tomlin coach team that can always muster magic. Listen, they, they beat the Browns the first time they played this year, but they gave up, I think, 198 yards on the ground. They've lost a, you know, a couple of linebackers in consecutive weeks in Holcomb and Alexander. <clears throat> and their offense stinks, let's be honest. The Pittsburgh offense is not a good offense, and the Browns' defense is a great defense. So that automatically has them in the game. So how can they make the game plan for DTR, the young quarterback, which they'll live on running with Ford and with Hunt, and they'll try and work around that. But they absolutely, absolutely can win. I, w- I would pick them to win this game. Uh, Kenny Pickett, by the way, zero touchdown passes in three of his last four games. Starting to get awkward for him in addition to their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Dad, let's head to the eye here for the interstate battle. Is the loser of the Jets-Bills matchup out in the AFC playoff picture? I would say this. I do not take the Jets seriously as an AFC playoff team at all right now. I can't do it. I won't do it. I have a ton of respect for that defense, but that offense is just not up to the task. We've seen it over a long sample size outside of really one half against the Kansas City Chiefs for Zach Wilson I completely agree and don't we expect now that the Bills made that change to all of a sudden have some kind of offensive surge isn't that what we normally see Uh, Josh Allen reportedly is going to be more involved in the game plan Joe Brady the new O coordinator who was the the the, uh, quarterback coach says he believes he's the best quarterback in the league the only problem is if you have the best quarterback in the league your offensive coordinator isn't getting fired so I believe in building up your quarterback, but let's you know, let's pull the reins a little bit. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I do believe they're out, and and more. I, I'm with you. I don't look at the Jets as a serious contender. So this to me is more on the Bills trying to stay in the hunt for the playoffs because they're they're I think the better team and would be the more consistent team. Uh, to be able to make a move, I don't know, with the way they're playing right now, wouldn't be very much in the playoffs. But still, I think compared to the Jets, it would be. I think, to your point about the response from the Bills inside this building, you know this. You can correct a lot of mistakes even after a loss, but when people start getting fired, everybody's ears go up because you understand, all right, it's real now. Josh Allen said he took this personally. Ken Dorsey's a guy that he really loved and respected, and he said if I had played better, if this offense had played better, he'd still be here right now. So I do expect good Josh Allen here. And again, when you're going up against this team on the other side, the Jets have gone 36 straight possessions without an offensive touchdown. That drought spans 11 quarters and an overtime period. You're going to have opportunities to affect the outcome of this game. I think this is a big bounce back for the Bills when we get good Josh Allen. And Dad, speaking of redemption, let's get to the C. Is there anything Justin Fields can do in his return? We expect Justin Fields to be back for the Chicago Bears this weekend. Is there anything he can do to cement his role as a starter going forward for a team that right now holds the number one overall pick by way of Carolina? 
I don't think so, Mike. I mean, I don't expect some miraculous numbers and this team to go on an incredible run, not only because of Justin Fields, but because what's around him as well. This team is not a playoff caliber team all the way around. But we know where the focus goes, and the focus goes on the quarterback. He just turns the ball over too much, 35 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. You try and build around him a little more, which they did in the trade. You get D.J. Moore, and that certainly helped. Cole Komet is having himself a decent year as well. Uh, but, but I think <clears throat> we know how this works, right? You see how somebody's panned out for a couple of years, and you see potential. The word potential just gets, gets eyes lit up. So you see the potential of a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, you know, and you're saying we can't pass up what we think they're going to be because we've seen a couple of years of what we have right now and we don't know how much better it's going to get. So we're going to go with the P word and draft a quarterback. Yeah, it's a tough situation here, man. Uh, my advice to Justin Fields, start rooting for the Carolina Panthers to be a lot better than they've been and drive down the value of that pick. And then got to go out there and at least eye test-wise, Dad, make it look better than Tyson Bajan because right, wrong, or indifferent yeah. now, that's what everyone's going to be looking at. You've got comparison there, and that is always the thief of joy. Great revenge game for David Montgomery, by the way, coming back into this one tied for the NFL lead with three 100-yard rushing performances. So I unfortunately think the Lions are going to make that very unfun for Chicago. But coming up next, speaking of redemption stories, how did the Denver Broncos defense turn this around? We talked to Patrick Sertan the second next. Hey dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Patrick Sertan the second, and the Broncos are coming off a huge win over the Bills on Monday Night Football. The fellas caught up with Patrick earlier this week about how to keep that momentum rolling into Week 11 against the Vikings. All right, Patrick, appreciate you giving us some time today, man. I know it's a, a busy week in the midst of this season and a season that's turned around very quickly for you guys in Denver here over the last month or so. Walk me through this. How have you guys, especially on defense, on your side of the ball, been able to get things back on track after a tough start to the season? Yeah, I feel like the main thing was with us was understanding that first things first, that wasn't our standard uh, the first couple of weeks and sort of locking in, honing in on the little things that we could correct. 
And uh, eventually, as a defense and as a unit, we just gained so much confidence uh, through these past couple of weeks, which allowed us to force eight turnovers. You know what I mean? That's a huge confidence booster for us because at first we wasn't, you know, creating the plays, creating the turnovers like how we sh- how we should have. But now you can sort of see us really like flying around to the ball and making plays, which is a testament to how we prepare each and every week. So, Talk about from your standpoint, a few years in the league now with, unfortunately, a few different head coaches and the transition each year to new coaches, new assistant coaches and new systems. I think I think the biggest thing is understanding the game plan they're trying to bring in, the scheme they're trying to bring in. It's like a copycat league. Some coaches run the same thing. Some coaches got their own philosophy. But the main thing is understanding the defense and how it could work and using it towards your advantage. Over either this year or even before that, we, we see it now more teams are having it. Have you had any players-only meetings to kind of air anything out? And if so, do those feel like they do anything if you've, if you've gone through them? Yeah, we, we have. Um, I think it's it means more when you have the players come together, rally together, and have those private and separate meetings because obviously a great team is led by players when you got a team that really cares about it and it matters to them, that's when you see the players chiming in and making sure everybody's on task, understanding the goals that we have for ourselves because we know what type of team we have. And, you know, the first couple of weeks was really a lighting point for us to really, you know, get our mindset together and really change things and fix things around here. You talk about a player-led team. One of the players most people think of when they talk about your guy team is your quarterback, Russell Wilson. And I'm sure for you, growing up and coming up as a young player, seeing Russell Wilson, this guy is on a Hall of Fame trajectory and what he did during his time in Seattle, there's probably a lot of things you think you know about Russell Wilson from the outside looking in. From your experience so far with him as your teammate, what is Russell Wilson, the teammate and the leader, like for you guys in the locker room? Yeah, Russ is, he's always positive. He always brings um, great affirmations throughout the locker room. I mean, he's just hes just one of those guys that once you talk to him, you can feel that veteran presence. You can feel that leadership because, you know, I mean, having him around the locker room is a huge uh, confidence booster for us as a team. Uh, when you got a guy like that, you know, understandable also around the team because it doesn't only make him better, it makes us better. And uh, the team feeds off it. So, you know, it's great having him around the locker room for sure. Yeah, and, and also guys around that have gotten what you want, and that's hardware. I mean, the whole the whole idea is to win the Super Bowl here. And you have one in Russell Wilson. You have a coach in Sean Payton who has done the same thing. They've hit the highest point of the mountain. So when, right. when Sean first came in, I'm sure everybody was very attentive, A, because it's a new coach and you're going to be, but B, he's got a pretty damn good resume. What was his initial message to you guys? Yeah, I think he was pretty um, intentional on having that winning uh, attitude as soon as he stepped in. Uh, You can just tell by the type of guy he is. Everything is about winning. Uh, Everything is about structure, and that's what he brings to the table. And uh, obviously, I know what to expect. Obviously, I've seen – what he's done in his past years, you know, his resume speaks for itself. But watching it firsthand, watching it eye to eye is pretty, you know, spectacular to see what he's done and uh, the credibility he, you know, deserves in this league. And when you see it firsthand, you can see what's really going on and how he excels well. So, uh, I mean, everybody riding behind him and trusting the process, which is a great thing. You're no stranger to championship pedigree. You won a championship while you were at Alabama. You played for one of the greatest coaches of all time in Nick Saban. And we talked to Will Anderson the other day and asked him about 
Saban, who's pretty well known for being able to administer a, a good ass chew in there from time to time <laughs> when he gets on guys. And he said to us, we asked him, you know, he, did he have one moment he remembered getting cussed out by Saban? He said he never got it bad, but he always felt bad for you guys in the DB room because Nick was always riding you guys. So do you remember like a, a welcome to Nick Saban moment when you got to Alabama in that defensive back room that he's all over? Yeah, I mean – I, I, I have plenty, but the first, <laughs> I mean, it, it, the list just goes on and on. Uh, with saving man, it was like I had I had like one bad practice and just like I had a lot of mental errors, was making a lot of mistakes, and uh, then I, I already knew what was coming, uh, so I just prepare myself. But <laughs> we walk in the film room, then I just see play after play, then I just get an ass chewing, you know what I mean? And it was just. <laughs> It was just to a point where you just sit there and you just got to understand, man, like his coaching method is not a bad thing because he want to see the best in his players. And, you know, once you realize that, you understand his message, you know, not as a bad thing, but as a good thing moving forward. So <laughs> let's look ahead to something that's going to be there is your game. You guys are on a three game winning streak. Minnesota's on a five game winning streak. With Josh Jobs has become this feel-good story in the NFL of his fourth team now and bopping around and learning the system quick. And what have you seen, not only from this Minnesota offense, but from Josh as he's taken the reins of this team? You know, obviously when Kirk went down, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of talk about who's going to be the next man up, who's going to step in and replace him. And, you know, obviously Josh, he's done a great job so far. You know, just him coming in, him getting traded. And stepping in right away and stepping in and making plays and, you know, getting the offense right back on track. So, you know, what I see in him, he's very smart. Um, he's very composed, I could say. And he makes plays for the team. He makes the right plays, which is something you want a quarterback to do. And for us, we really got to hone in on the little details and understanding the scheme and the concepts they like to do with him since it's a different quarterback uh running the operation so yeah it's a matchup that I think a lot of people are really intrigued with now because of your guys turnaround because of him being under center so I, I know we're all very excited for that one I've mentioned your two coaches at college and now in the NFL who are your current coaches I'd be remiss if I didn't ask was that light work after playing for your dad in high school because I didn't play for my dad in high school but as someone who's playing high school ball getting ready to go to college and having a dad who played in the NFL my dad was always watching film with me on Sundays and it was great to have the help and the resource but every once in a while I was like all right I, I really don't need this today you kind of get <laughs> what was it like actually having your dad be your coach all through high school like that oh uh, it was great uh you know because on the field he's your coach off the field he's your dad but I could say it was one of those surreal moments. It was one of my fondest memories throughout my career, just spending time with him and understanding, you know, because he ain't, he ain't giving me the easy route, I could say, for sure. He was very hard on me, uh, just how, how he was with everyone else, and that's something that I needed. And uh, just seeing him coach, seeing him lead us to state championships at the state championships was pretty exceptional. Just building that father-son relationship, you know, on the field and off the field was pretty uh, spectacular. Mike, it'd be nice if you talked about me like that. I was going to say, you really made me look bad in front Seriously. of you right here. He gives this really oh, yeah. heartwarming answer. They had this great experience. And clearly it worked out in the back end now as you're yeah. one of the best players in the NFL at your position or at any position right now. So he's got a lot to be proud of. Uh, that also extends to off the field. You've been doing some great things in the community, including the Inspire the Dream Gal that you've got coming up. What can you tell us about this event and the Pat Sertan the Second Foundation? Yeah, so the gala is just you know, just shining a light on my mission, which is, you know, giving back to those who I 
at a financial disadvantage, you know, in the inner city, uh, in, the, in their school systems. You know, just having students that doesn't have the resources or the uh, funds uh, they needed and for me helping out and giving, giving them the necessary resources so they could exceed in their respective, you know, fields so they could, you know, build a career in the future so they could, you know, have something going for them rather than, you know, them just not having enough resources, you know what I mean? Because my main thing is seeing kids succeed and reach that next level, which is a huge part of my vision. So uh, it's going to be a night to uh, shine a light on that. And, you know, it's going to be a live auction, uh, giveaways. And uh, I'm just very excited for tonight. It's going to be a special night for sure. That's very cool. I mean, listen, you'll have a great football career, but as you know, helping others is going to is going to have a, a longer reach uh, than that. So it's uh, very impressive. No, it's incredible stuff. It's incredible work on and off the field by you, Patrick. We appreciate the time today. Best of luck this weekend. Best of luck with the gal, and hopefully, we'll get to talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you all. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It is time to turn our attention to the college game with our Modelo College Football Weekend Preview brought to you by Modelo. So, the mark of a fighter. Guys, couple big names to get to. Big games, big names too in them as well. Let's start yeah. with number one Georgia and number 18 Tennessee. Any storylines that you guys have your eyes on for this one? Yeah, Dad, I think as we get close to the home stretch here now, I'm proud of us as a collective college football community for the fact that we don't make everything about the playoff for the entire season, but now we're in late November, and so it's impossible to not look at these games, especially in a year where we've got more 10-0 and teams that have made it to this point in the season than any time since the BCS era began. And for Georgia, you've ascended back to your perch as the number one team in the country this last week in the college football playoff polls. You're going on the road to a Tennessee team that dad just got boat raced pretty solidly by the Missouri team that Georgia just beat. But I, I think dad, Georgia wins this game decidedly. They're a 10 and a half point favorite in this game. I'd be in favor of them covering that line. But what I will say in defense of Tennessee is some untimely turnovers in that yeah. game against Missouri kind of sent that one on tilt. It was a one-score game at halftime that got away from them late, and this is still everything that could give Georgia problems in a team that's a pretty strong SEC rushing attack because the last time we did see Georgia, they got run on a little bit by that Missouri team. 
Yeah, they did. And you're right about Tennessee. Turnovers, they had nine penalties, 95 yards. So you can't make those mistakes against Georgia. That's the one thing. You know, you can sit there and have the, the best game plan in the world, but if you hand a better team opportunities – you're, you're, you're going to lose, and you're probably going to lose big. So I, I agree on the rushing. We'll see if they can get some rushing. Now, listen, Georgia put up, what, 300 yards rushing on, on Ole Miss? I mean, they ran the ball incredibly well. The best thing that happened, in, in my opinion, though, in last week's Georgia game was Brock Bowers coming back. Now, he had just three catches for 34 yards. But to have him back, to have him get going again, to have him get back in game shape and be there for this run. As we talk about with injuries, every team goes through them, but where are you coming to the end of the season? Do you get through the injuries, and are you hitting on as many cylinders as you can by the end of the year? And having who was arguably the best player, non-quarterback in the country between him and Marvin Harrison Jr. back in the fold, I think is monstrous. So that was kind of the biggest thing for me. I think they win this. I think they cover. I think they're rolling right now. Listen, Tennessee, we know last year was the passing team with Hendon Hooker this year. It's just not really happened with Milton. We thought there would be more uh, in the passing attack with Joe Milton, but they've been running the ball well. So that's where this, this game could actually be a pretty quick game if the, both teams sit there trying to hammer the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think you're totally right on Brock Bowers. That is uh, Lombardi Trophy finalist Brock Bowers, by yeah. the way. Uh, back in the lineup for the Georgia Bulldogs. I think, Dad, him coming back at the same time where you've had Lad McConkey reemerge as your premier wide receiver in a group that's got plenty of great athletes in that room, Lad has been the consistent force through the last few years of this Georgia now dynasty. And he started this season banged up. He's gotten healthy. This whole team really started the season pretty banged up and got healthy at the right times to end the year. So, I agree with you. I think Georgia defensively, interesting challenge for them since we know it's not quite the Death Star in recent years, but I think the offense is now built to carry more of the load. They're trying to become the first team to go 8-0 in conference in the SEC three straight years in SEC history. So not even Nick Saban's Alabama dynasty has been able to pull off what the Bulldogs have a chance to do in conference this weekend. We both think that Georgia wins and wins pretty decisively in this one. Then we get out to the Pac-12, Dad. This might be the most interesting two-week stretch for any college football team in the country because Oregon State, one of the last remaining teams in the Pac-2, has a chance to absolutely throw a missile into the side of the Pac-12's playoff hopes. They are hosting Washington, number five ranked Washington this week, and then they get to play Oregon next week. Two of the top teams in college football, both two teams we imagine to be uh, premier playoff contenders. And now, Dad, Washington going on the road to Corvallis where some weird stuff happens. Washington was one of the teams you picked to be in the college football playoff at the beginning of the year. You're a little nervous at all about the Beavs. Yes. Yes, I definitely am. Two high-flying offenses. We know that, right? Both yardage and scoring. Um, but, but also, Oregon State runs the ball well, and Washington State defensively has not been playing great. So, and they've, they've given up yards on the ground as well, obviously, as through the air. And also, uh, what was it, uh, 28 points to Utah, 42 to USC, 33 to Stanford. So they give up points, and Oregon State can score points. So the defensive side of the ball for Washington worries me. And if you're in a game where you are in a shootout and have needing those drives at the end, at some point does your luck run out, right? If you're living by the wing in the prayer, 
it's not always going to work out. And it only takes one time in this situation for you to get, this isn't the NFL, uh, for you to get knocked off that perch and possibly have your playoff hopes dash. So I am definitely, I'm still going in Washington. I made him my, my playoff pick. I don't think their defense has been playing well as of late, but I'm going to go with them. But how about that? A number five team and they're, they're underdogs on the road to Oregon State, but but I see it the way Washington's defense has been playing. Not good, but that I this is one I'm kind of crossing my fingers on, and I think Washington fans will as well, is how many times do we have to kind of pull it out of the fire and does our luck run out? But I'll stick with the Huskies, but there's a lot of nerves in this one. I think I'm picking Oregon State this week. Yeah, I, I can't I, blame I think- you. I think Washington, like you said, has been living close to the edge for a while. And this Oregon State team, in addition to being able to ground and pound this thing, they've got great bodies up front, an NFL guy playing right tackle for them. And now with the added element of DJU being able to make some throws that previously weren't as accessible in this offense, I just think that that, especially because this game is in Corvallis, becomes a really dicey proposition. I'll take Oregon State, and I'll say we'll get the first domino to fall in some of the weirdness that we look for at the end of college football season and the ripple effects that this could have. Dad, let's finish up with this one. Texas on the road at Iowa State. Seventh-ranked Texas in that conversation around the best one-loss team in college football staked their claim early in the year with the win on the road at Alabama, one of the best out-of-conference wins in college football. Going on the road to Ames and Dad, this Iowa State game. This is the game I'm calling this weekend now for Learfield College football Saturday nights, so I can't pick this game. Texas is favored by 7.5 on the road heading to Ames, but Dad, you look at what this Iowa State team has done from the start of the season where them and Iowa are clouded in all these gambling headlines with player suspensions and everything that's gone on to where they are now. Bowl, bowl eligible for the sixth time in seventh years and have a young quarterback in Rocco Beck who has come on and done some impressive things. He is one touchdown shy, Dad. He's got 15 rece- or passing touchdowns going into this game. He is one touchdown shy of breaking Brock Purdy's freshman record for passing touchdowns at Iowa State. So it's been an impressive performance by the young player who's got a tall order going against this uber-talented Texas front. Yeah, and I think the fact that Quinn Ewers came back last week and this would not be his first game back, I think helped. Uh, missed a couple of games with the AC joint and came back through for 317 uh, against TCU. I think that was important, much like I talked about Brock Bowers coming back, building forward. I think that was big for Texas getting Quinn Ewers back last week. So I think they get back into their form. Texas, uh, I mean, uh, Iowa State's defense uh, has been playing well. This should be a fun game for you to call. I think a lot of people are just going to naturally lean toward Texas. I am. I know they're, what, they're seven and a half point. I believe I would lean toward Texas in this. Uh, I like looking at, I remember calling Brock Purdy's games when I was calling college games when he was at Iowa State and how he was finishing up. But I, I do think with Quinn Ewers being back last week, getting that game under his belt, I think helps Texas get back to what we've seen out of them as they make their run not only for the Big 12 title, but for the playoffs. I, I, Quinn Ewers coming back is no doubt huge for them right now. Another 300-yard passing performance for him last week. And that, to me, is the matchup I'm most excited to watch in this game is the deep passing offense with Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy on Texas's sideline, what Quinn Ewers has done in the deep passing game against this passing defense for Iowa State, number one in the Big 12 in pass efficiency on defense with 15 interceptions on the year. They lead um, – they're 10th in the country and lead the Big 12 – 
plus nine in the turnover margin there. So they've been sensational on not giving the ball away. Only one fumble lost the entire season on offense. And all those takeaways on defense, they've got a chance to make this very hairy because you know that's a formula for success at home against a big-time team where you're trying to pull the upset. So very excited to check out that one. Head and Ames, me, Chris Hassel, college football Saturday night. Should be an incredible weekend of college football coming up. But coming up next, we're going to finish off the show the way we always do with a shocking admission by a rap star next. All right, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into your weekend. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us that five-star rating. And make sure you check us out here live Monday through Friday if you can, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more. But if you have to miss any of it, and our great guests like Patrick Sertan II, who joined us today, Broncos All-Pro Defensive Back. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts or right here on YouTube immediately after we're done with the show. Guys, let's get to get this, that, and the third. Shocking admission yesterday coming on the internet that should have all of our antennas up. Snoop Dogg, famed recording artist and rapper, posted a visual yesterday on his Twitter with the caption that simply said, I'm giving up smoke. After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. I appreciate him formatting this like a player decommitment from a college football team. But Jesse, Dad, we all know what's about to happen here, right? Obviously, yeah, this is marketing. He's going to release a line of edibles or something or other. The way he also said he's giving up smoke he didn't say he's giving up weed. He just said mm, smoke. Same. So you don't have to smoke it, but he's the you know it's going to be like you don't have to smoke it, you can eat it. Like something like that. Listen, there is no shot he's given up even even smoking. I uh, I I I agree with you guys. It's a new product coming out whatever it's going to be. Uh, but I guarantee you he's he ain't done smoking. Here's a guy though that we've talked about. His debut album was in 1993, produced by Dr. Dre, Doggy Style. This guy has been relevant for 30 years, three decades. We're talking about right, and just the cool factor that he is that he just finds a way to stay relevant. You see him in all the different commercials out there as well, and then and then he and Martha Stewart doing their stuff together. It's been absolutely amazing but yeah there is no shot that he is giving up smoke and he's got another product coming out that he'll make more money on yeah are he, you saying there's no way on god's green earth that he's no way on god's smoking? green earth there will be pictures again posted somewhere somehow of him smoking uh something that i know mike one of your biggest regrets that you didn't smoke nope. with was snoop Oh, yeah. Yep, I had a chance to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg when I was in college at a concert in South Bend. Had a friend who knew him. We got to go down there and meet him after. Was an awesome guy. The guy with the green hat was there, too. And there was a lot of uh, pre-rolled marijuana cigarettes in there. And I, because I was afraid of random drug testing in college, passed down that opportunity because I was a scared little junior uh, who wanted to make sure he still got on the field. And I didn't actually get drug tested that year. So I could have done it, could have gotten away with it, could have had the all-time story of smoking weed with Snoop. And now no, I like the fact- If you had smoked with Snoop, you would have gotten drug tested. That's just the way the universe works. 100%. Yeah. I, I like the fact you said something I would have said, a bunch of pre-rolled marijuana cigarettes. 
That sounds like something I was sure if I, I could say, say pre-rolled blunts on air, but I guess this isn't the FCC, so we could say blunts. Seriously? Blunts? Yeah. He pulled, yeah. It was say, the fattest rack of pre-rolls I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I looked up and said, I was like, dear God. That also probably would have knocked me on my ass something serious. I'm not great at being high, and so that would not have been the place that I probably wanted to learn that lesson. But uh, I love the fa- I love the fact that I love the fact you just said ass but didn't think you could say blunt. Well yeah. done. We're it's going really well points. for me. Jesse, save me from myself with the beautiful sounds of Andre 3000 playing the flute. Yeah, Andre 3000's flute album that apparently you think goes really hard, and I've heard some of it, and we don't agree on that. People have been sort of questioning if like Andre 3000's holding back on some like sick rap songs he's not releasing or whatever, and he had something to say about this whole narrative. People think, oh man, he's just... Sitting, sitting on raps or like he's just holding or holding these raps hostage like I ain't got no raps like that like it's, it's it actually feels sometimes it feels inauthentic for me to rap because I, I don't have anything to talk about in that way like I'm 48 years old and not not to say that age is a thing that dictates what you rap about but in a, in a way it does and like things that happen in my life like what are you talking like I gotta go get a, a colonoscopy like what are you <laughs> <laughs> like what do you rap about you know what i mean like my eyesight my eyesight is going bad like objectively hilarious because it's so true and I, you love a guy who's just gonna be honest about this he's like i'm out of the game i don't have anything to rap about but these flutes they go hard how great would it be if we got a rap song about colonoscopies uh, that would be awesome i want a rap you- song about yeah all the things that happen to you as you start to get older rap about him. I know I would appreciate all that. Maybe you guys could collab on that, on that one. We should get that. I do feel Andre like that 3, has big PSA potential of, hey, you want to encourage people to go out there and get colonoscopies. Here's Mike Golick Sr. with a message and Andre 3000 with a musical ditty that's going to take you into the doctor's office. Yeah, maybe we can really get people to, you know, get out there and get their colonoscopies. Is it 50? Is that the age you're supposed to get a colonoscopy? It depends on the history uh, of, of the family, 45 years 45. old, or the history okay. of your family. Like my, my father had dealt with that, so I had to start earlier. But yeah, it's what you deal with. But uh, I would love to see that as we, we see the aging rock bands that are out touring again. I would love to see the aging rappers start to rap again about things going on in their life now. Kind of golden bachelor, bachelor-like, right? Uh, we see a whole different view of the Golden Bachelor. Now you see rappers in their 40s and 50s rapping about things that, that uh, they're involved in today. Is the Golden Bachelor going to just usher in an era where we take every reality show format and put it with old people? Yes. I mean, Love old Island. Chopped. Love yeah. Island Love, with lo- old people. Let's do that. God. Yeah, all aboard the train on that one. All aboard the flute train, by the way, for Andre 3000. I have got New Blue Sun queued up for the flight. I am going to be vibing out to flute tunes. So if you see me in the airport wandering around that day, just know I am going to be in a zen-like stage because Andre 3000 has been fluting me into the next level of higher intelligence. Uh, Pump for that one. Pump for it. You know what? Good for him for just doing what feels fun for him. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, you don't... 
you don't have to age out of any musical genre, Dad. You mentioned we got plenty of old rock stars and people that still write well into that, but he is not feeling it anymore. He doesn't feel like he personally yep. has anything to say with that, so we'll all take our little helpings of Andre 3000 features whenever an artist can drag him into the studio and get him to say something on air, and then the rest of the time, we'll listen to him play the flute because that's what we get at this point because that's what he wants to do, and that's cool to me. Um... <laughs> Let's get to the third, guys, because what's not cool to me is what's coming here. Now, we'll start, Jesse, with, I think, what is objectively cool, and that's what's going on in Prague, where they're doing beer sling in the right way. Yeah, so there's this restaurant in Prague. I don't, I'm afraid to try and pronounce it. I should have asked, my husband's family's Eastern European. I should have asked how to pronounce this. Vitopna? Vita, that's def. Vitopna. 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 It's located in Prague. They bring you your food and your beer on these little trains that come to your table, which is like great. I mean, I think it's kind of like kitschy, you know, it, you put it on your cute. Instagram story. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wait, Jesse, you feel like I feel like Jesse, I feel like you're poo-pooing. Why? You're poo Why? What trains. is so wrong with this? It's, Come on. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like how restaurants do everything for the clickbait. Like, I'm more interested in how the food tastes. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know when you go to restaurants and they serve you food, like, in a in a medical beaker or like on a shovel or something weird. I feel like we're, this is one of those vibes where they're trying to be like, yeah, put this on your Instagram story. And it's like, I just want to know how the food tastes. The train's wow. at least cute though. And it has no connection with the food. Whereas like, I'm with you. There's all these places where they come over and drop like the cotton candy and the drink right beforehand yeah. and dissolve it in there. Jesse, would you rather have this train set up than the other video that we've got of some drone delivering beers at a restaurant? Cause I can tell you what I'm all the way out on is the drone delivering beers. We got enough drone action last night in the NFL game. I don't need any more drone stuff. No, you're absolutely right. I don't want drones delivering anything to me. So I would definitely much rather have the train. The train thing's cute. I bet, I mean, not that kids are drinking beer, but I bet it would be a fun place to bring kids. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah, your kids listen. drunk at Vitofna. <laughs> listen, it it looks cool, the beer being delivered on a drone, but I'm I'm out too on the drones because next thing you know, the drone's going to bring you your beer, you're going to take the beer, and the drone's going to lazier to death. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not up for that. Give me the train. I'm all cool with that. Jake, you know, or, or I mean, Mike, you know your brother Jake. He would love that. He's a train freak. Uh, I think that would be a cool thing to sit and have everything delivered by train. But yeah, I'm out on drones. Big Don't need that. Big train adult. Big, big train yeah, adult. Big train Kid, adult. adult. Big everything. Train adult. Big big train guy. Yeah. Okay. If you're we'll also ready to away. war against, yeah, I I would happy birthday to the ground this uh, drone out of the sky here and yeah. make sure it felt the wrath. If you're also joining us in the fight against the robots, download, subscribe, rate, review. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.